This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. By the way, who didn't see the firing of Cliff Kingsbury coming? That's all that I'll say. Uh, they've made Kyler Murray top five highest paid quarterbacks in the league. He didn't do spit this year. They didn't have their top guns. DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games of the year. J.J. Watt for a lot of it. Uh, the general manager, Steve Kime, took a leave of absence. But two have fallen now. Lovey Smith and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury since the NFL season ended. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Let's uh, make sure you're awake in there. It's your favorite daytime sports talk show. And I'm the host, RP. I'm going to come at you here on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and WQEE Radio with two disclaimers. And the first is that we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun. So prepare yourself today for an amazing show that's going to be a lot of fun. And as we bring in the co-host, Darren Moose DuPont from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, the second disclaimer, Moose, is that I don't have COVID, but I do have brain fog. And I don't know what it is. And you're telling me that you've suffered from something similar here coming out of the Christmas holidays, just that sort of, where did I leave my glasses? You know, oh, they're on your head. Yes. That kind of thing. I, I, that, I, that's happening. And I don't know why. I don't have COVID. I've already had it twice, if you can believe. So if I flub up my words, you understand why. And the guests today are going to be fantastic. The commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi, is going to be joining us live from CFL Winter Meetings in Kananaskis, Alberta. And the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes, Jason Moss, is going to join us from the very same place. I believe it was winter of 2018 that I covered these live. It was in Banff, and it was so much fun. Well, we're not there this time around, but the CFL is bringing the interviews to us, and I love it. So thank them for that. And uh, Lucas Barrett, and before we jump into the topics of what we're going to get to today, what's on your mind, pal? What's been going on this morning? You know what? It's, it's, it's been good. And actually, it's been the winter meetings, you know, and getting excited for... Little things like this about an upcoming CFL season. You know, honestly, since the Grey Cup, largely haven't spent a lot of time thinking about the Canadian Football League. You know, but this morning, uh, as we're in our morning meetings and graphics are coming in for the show and, you know, chatting with our team, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited about when you got winter meetings and you got the free agency coming and things like that. And I think we need more of this. Yeah, well, we got a lot of new things that we're talking about daily on this show, but is going to drop some names here. Randy Chevrier, former Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Stan Peters long snapper, said to me recently through DM on Instagram, he's like, the CFL will never leave you. It's in your DNA. And I said, I hope it doesn't, because we love the CFL. So there's going to be some great interviews with it. And that's going to be our poll question, which I'll get to in a moment. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, uh, Director Jordan? We're not the college football show. Heavens knows there's enough of those. But my first point is this. Stetson Bennett threw two touchdown passes, ran for two more. In the first half alone, as number one Georgia demolished TCU 65-7 to to become the first team to win consecutive college football national championships, the Bulldogs became the first repeat champ since Alabama 
went back to back a decade ago in the bowl championship series, the famed BCS. I don't even want to talk about the game. It was over at the coin toss, and I lost my bet because you and I both thought TCU would at least beat this spread, and it wasn't even close. So I'm going to move on. <clears throat> I hope people enjoyed it for what it was. I shut it off at halftime and didn't miss anything. Point two, NHL. Kevin Fiala scored twice and added two helpers, and the LA Kings scored four power play goals en route to a 6-3 NHL victory over the Edmonton Oilers Monday night. Adrian Kempe also scored twice, and Alex Iafalo and Victor Arvidsson added singles for the Kings, who won their second consecutive game for the Oil. Connor McDavid, Connor Yamamoto. And Ryan McLeod scored for the Oil, who have now lost two in a row. And you saw Stuart Skinner got pulled in the game last night for Jack Campbell. Have you seen any reaction from Oiler fans? I would suggest they're pretty quiet after last night's loss. Um, and I just, the fact that they're quiet is actually a good thing. It makes me realize that they realize they're not going to win every game. They're not going to dominate every game. Uh, that's a team they're trailing in the standings. Concern, I'm sure, but the Flames yanked their goalie just the night before. These things happen, Darren. That's how I analyzed the order game. How about you? Yeah, they happen, for sure. But, you know, a sense I get from Oiler fans, too, is there's some nervousness there, Rod. Um, they're not sure or that confident necessarily yet that this is a playoff team. And when we talked about it, you know, not that long ago when we were talking about are the Oilers and Flames both going to get into the playoffs? Well, I said I didn't see a playoffs with Calgary not or with Colorado not jumping up into the playoff mix, which means one yep. of those teams would have to fall out. So nothing's guaranteed, and I think Oilers fans are a little uneasy right now as we head kind of towards the stretch. Yeah. I get how the fan bases are getting caught up in the trappings of the night-to-night -night results of their team, and I get it. You should. I'm just not getting wrapped up in it. Sometimes that happens. Um, I got to tell, tell the viewers, it's only been 914 shows, but in case you forgot, the opening segment and the warm-up is me and Moose's time. We come up with the topics. Later on... Viewer takeover, that's when we answer your questions and the things you'd like us to talk about, please and thank you. Here's another one. Philadelphia Flyers blanked the Buffalo Sabres 4 nothing in the marina last night, or whatever they're calling it now in Buffalo. And I see some pundit on Twitter saying, this is the worst I've seen the Sabres play all year. Some Buffalo reporter. And I'm like, newsflash? It doesn't need to be a contest to see how much you can crap all over the home team to win yourself points on Twitter. Doesn't mean you're a better analyst to be a negative Nelson, as John Lynch would say. You know what I mean? Lift people mm -hmm. up. <clears throat> Anyways, the Flyers won 4 nothing at Buffalo. Nashville blanked Ottawa 3 nothing. The Sens continue to be who we thought they were. And Seattle blanked Montreal 4-0 in the Bell Center last night. And the Habs fans booed their team off the ice after one. I saw a clip on Instagram of Craig Button saying that Yuri Slakovsky should not be in the NHL right now. He's only 18, of course. Um, so tough times in Montreal. We're at the halfway mark of the NHL regular season now, right? Right around there for everybody. All-star break, almost. And we're starting to find out who's who. Montreal ain't with it. But what did you expect they were going to be? 
Point three, I see some people commenting in about the NFL playoff game. Seven of the 14 teams in this year's playoffs didn't make the field last season, giving the NFL's upcoming wildcard weekend a mix of traditional powerhouses and underdogs. I know we have the odds here if Clark's got them ready. We'll get to those in a second. I'll ask Darren to explain those. Tom Brady begins his quest for an unprecedented eighth Super Bowl title when his Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. Meanwhile, Jacksonville second-year standout Trevor Lawrence and Seattle veteran Geno Smith will be among at least five quarterbacks making their playoff debuts. Now, you tell me, Clark, if you got these. Do you have them ready before we move on to CFL stuff? Uh, the wild card first for this weekend's games. Darren, you take it away. Put it over my face if you don't mind. <clears throat> I know this is I should have prepared you for this, but Darren, you take it away. This is from our exclusive betting partner, Bet Regal. There, there we go. Now we can take a peek at some of these uh, some of these games. So you've got the 49ers heavy favorites over Seattle, as they should be. The 49ers are probably the best team right now uh, in the NFC heading into the playoffs. So 49ers big favorites over the Seattle Seahawks. Um, tight one between the Jags and Chargers. Chargers really getting back to the playoffs, I believe, first time in the Justin Herbert era. So the Jags are slight favorites, actually, uh, at minus 103. Um, Bills, big favorites over the Dolphins. That's the biggest differential in, in, uh, in, in the odds on Bet Regal right now for the uh, wildcard series. The Vikings favored over the Giants. A close one there. Cowboys favored over the Bucks. Rod. Favorites over Tom and the Bucks. That one, I'm not so sure about. I, I think, you know, I might put the Bucks ahead. I would give them the edge. So a great bet there. And Bengals, heavy favorites over the uh, Ravens. So the Super Wild Card weekend is probably one of the best weekends of the CA NFL season. It is, as far as the most games, the most action, the most nights of live football. And again, all those odds are courtesy our exclusive betting partner in Sportsbook, Bet Regal. You can download the app as I have. I'm looking at it right now. All the odds are right there, and you can create your free, free account. Play for free, it's free to join. Do us a favor and sign up. We don't ask much from people, do we? But we've got all week here to talk about these games, and I love the setup of it, too. Moving on to the Canadian Football League. We promised our viewers it would be a big CFL day today. And the one thing that I love, contrast. What I hate is when sports and news intersect. And usually that's when tragedies involved or somebody's in trouble. I don't like that. What I like is when the CFL and NFL merge into one story because it pleases fans of both leagues. So you could add the Kansas City Chiefs to the growing list of NFL teams to take a look at CFL star quarterback Nathan Rourke. The Chiefs confirmed they hosted the 24-year-old Victoria product for a workout on Monday. The six-foot-two, 209-pound Rourke Still has a year left on his deal with Alliance. However, on Monday, he became eligible to sign an NFL futures deal as per the CFL's NFL window. The Chiefs are the 10th NFL team now. Rourke has worked out for this season. Visited with the Bengals Friday. He's had sessions with the Chargers, Raiders, Jags, Vikings, Broncos, Colts, Bucks, and Cardinals. Uh, superstar Patrick Mahomes is firmly entrenched as Kansas City starter, but veteran backup Chad Henney's contract is set to expire at season's end. So a couple things on Nathan Rourke working out for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Number one, he's going to sign, obviously. My guess, again, I said Raiders. You said Colts? No, I said what somebody like the Vikings. Yeah. Vikings, okay. Overall, it's our poll question today, and I'll probably put this to Commissioner Randy Ambrosi when he joins us later on. Is this a good thing or a bad thing for the CFL when Nathan Rourke eventually signs in the NFL? It's for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center with dealerships all across the Canadian prairies and the state of California. I voted a good thing for the CFL, and you can't move me off that. It's a great thing for the CFL. The BC Lions have proven... A, they can turn a franchise around. B, they can identify players because they did with Nathan Rourke. Three, they'll find the next Nathan Rourke. Root for others, folks, until it's your turn. But don't be selfish. And I think anybody that thinks this is bad for the CFL that Nathan Rourke will leave is just simply being selfish. That's me. Don't at me. I can handle it if you don't agree. But the results on Twitter were right down the middle, 50-50. I get that. On YouTube, it was over 80% saying it's a good thing for Nathan Rourke to sign in the NFL. So before we examine this a little more, how are you answering the poll question for Capital Automall and Universal Collision Center, Moose? There's only two answers, so I'm going to say yes. It's a good thing for the Canadian Football League because ultimately it is. You want your players to come here excited and know that there is opportunities to grow. And, you know, the NFL, we know, is the mecca. Now, it is tough for the CFL because losing stars is tough. In a league, you know, that's gate-driven and needs to get, you know, embrace a fan base, we need as many stars as possible. So while that will be tough, it's a good thing ultimately because that's going to tell other future young quarterbacks and, and star players that this is a league where I can get a great start, have success, and then transfer to the National Football League. So... Yeah, I'm voting yes. It's a great thing, and it's going to be good for the future of the game. Yeah, I'm, I understand what you're saying, by the way. Nathan Rourke was by far and away the top story in the CFL. We've ran the polls, stating as such from our viewers and CFL fans, but you're just going to have to work to build the next star and hope for the best for Nathan Rourke. Now, there's a few things on this. Uh, Carlos is watching, uh, watching in Indianapolis, and he says Nathan Rourke would be a backup in Kansas City. Is he content being a backup when he can start in the CFL? Well, ain't that the age-old dilemma? This ain't new. History repeats itself, and do we need to go back to the Ricky Rays of the world and the Dave Dickinsons of the world, the guys that went to the NFL? We called them clipboard holders. That's really all they are. They were waiting for their shot that they never got. But those are both Americans. Nathan Rourke is a Canadian. Not that that necessarily really matters. But I really think in Bismarck, North Dakota, where my good friend Weston Dressler lives, UND star, he was a star in the CFL for 12 seasons, a Hall of Famer, but what he's recognized for in Bismarck, North Dakota, is that he had a cup of coffee with the Chiefs and played in a couple preseason games and got a track suit out of the deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nathan Rourke, I can't think, has an expectation of being the next Tom Brady. If he's signing a deal that comes with the expectation that he will back up. Look at Bo Levi Mitchell, who made that exact decision. He wanted a chance to start in Minnesota, and the Vikings said, here's a contract offer, but you're never going to supplant Kirk Cousins as our starting quarterback. Bo said, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going back to Calgary. That's his decision. Will he regret it? I don't know. I don't know the guy. 
And I, I, don't, I honestly can't say whether he would regret that or not. Everybody's different. But Nathan Rourke, when he signs this, I can't. Um, all he wants is the chance to compete, to be number one, which Bo didn't get, and, the oppor- and, and, and to wait for his chance, which may never come. That's my I know. read on that. And I have more thoughts, but what would be his expectation, do you think, if and when he signs a contract? Yeah, I don't think the expectation is to go in and be a starter in the, in the National Football League, which is why I'm not necessarily looking at teams that have a quarterback need today as necessarily the best spot. If I've got a quarterback need in the, in the National Football League, I'm looking at how do I move up in the draft to take a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud or find somebody else. Um, I think the best fit for somebody like Nathan is to go somewhere, be a backup, you know, build the trust in the organization, learn the game, learn the personnel, all that stuff that he's, you know, done a little bit in college and then be there when the spot opens up. So that's why I say, you know, Minnesota with Kirk Cousins being entrenched as the starter, but he's getting older. So you go down there, be a backup for two, three, four seasons, and bang, you're ready when your number's called. And I think I think that would be a great situation and something Nathan is probably looking at. Jeff, the Stamps fan, uh, writes in, obviously watching in Calgary, says, of course it's bad. Losing good players is never good. How can it be? Doesn't surprise me that he would say that. Ted watching in Phoenix, great for Nathan and great for the CFL. I knew this would be a hot button topic. I can sniff out hot button topics like a fart in the car. And we'll continue that when we come back. We'll look at tonight's NHL games, WHL trade deadline, Raptors. We'll be right back. We're on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and the radio, WQEE. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes. Ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Picking right back up where we left off. As a matter of fact, going to keep on trucking ahead, and we'll come back on this Nathan Rorsch thing because I knew that people were really going to want to talk about the BC Lions quarterback. Now, thanks to uh, Nelson Hackowich, our VP of Sim Events, writing in and uh, informing us he's worked out with the New York or is working out with the New York Giants today. That'll be his 11th team for Nathan Rourke. Let's bring in the Moose, Darren Moose DuPont. And I'll continue the quick six, Moose, and then come back on the Rourke stuff because that's the hot button topic today. Yeah. 
There are 10 games on the NHL schedule tonight with three Canadian teams playing on the road. The Penguins will be aiming to win their second in a row when they host the Vancouver Canucks. The Detroit Red Wings, losers of three in a row, host the Winnipeg Jets, who have won five straight. And the Calgary Flames visit the St. Louis Blues. We got Ryan from Saratoga, New York, who's all hopped up on his Devils playing at Carolina tonight. I would say, dare I say, that's the game of the night, Devils and Hurricanes. I think so. Florida Panthers are at Colorado, so it's a big night tonight. Uh, and the last point, point six, the Toronto Raptors will play the first of two home games against the Charlotte Hornets tonight with the second game coming on Thursday. The Raps are 11th in the NBA's Eastern Conference. The Hornets second last in the East. Why can't the Hornets figure it out? They're 11 and 30, but we're not an NBA show. In case you didn't know, we're not an NBA show. So, I was hoping you uh, were looking Shane for White. analysis on that. <laughs> no, that's good. Can you get Michael Jordan on, Clark? Can we make that happen? Um, let's go. Let's get him. MJ, we have a better chance of getting Michael Jackson on the air than Michael Jordan, I would think. Uh, and Shane Wright traded in the, in the O last night. It's WHL trade deadline today. So, yeah, <clears throat> there's a lot of football fans, however, that have come here today to see the CFL commissioner, Randy Ambrosi. He'll be with us next segment from CFL Winter Meetings. And I could tell you a million stories from the last time I was at CFL Winter Meetings. I was there. It was so much fun. I'd love to be at Kananaskis for the meetings. However, South Florida's winning out today. But back to Nathan Rourke. I think I saw around 60% of respondents now on Twitter are saying it's a good thing for the CFL if Nathan Rourke signs in the NFL. And I don't want to put Randy Ambrosi on the spot. I talked to the league's PR guy last night, and I said, what are some of the things Randy wants to talk about? And I'm going to get to those with the commish. But I'm sure he's thought about this. Is it good or bad? And overall, it's good. The reason this is good, number one, you want the best for people. You should. Because if you want the best for others, eventually you're going to get the best. But if you want bad on others, guess what you're going to get? That's right, a lump of coal in your life, number one. Uh, number two, it shows players that the CFL is a very viable portal to the National Football League. It always has been. But that's what it is. I think some of the people that argue it say, we're not a developmental league for the NFL. But you are. So if you don't believe that, we can't talk. And an interesting point, some guy wrote me uh, into the website, Darren, at rodpeterson.com. His name's Tom. He's a big-time CFL fan. And he said, why does he need to be on this incessant tour of teams? Now, what, 11 teams for Nathan Rourke? He goes, there's miles and miles and miles of footage on him. Why does he need to make this tour? And you know what? He makes a really good point. But as a son of a scout that I am and seeing how the personnel people think, they want to see him for themselves. And through COVID, they didn't have that opportunity. They were drafting based on not having the chance to interview players face-to-face -face or have them work out face-to-face. -face. I don't think it's unreasonable that the teams want to see the kid themselves rather than go by what they see on film. What do you think about that? Yeah, they want to see them themselves, but also to have those conversations too and be able to sit down with them face-to-face -face and... Just understand, how does he conduct himself? What's his body language like? How does he communicate? You know, when you're looking through a playbook with him, how does he read it? Does he understand the lingo? Does he get along with your offensive coordinator, your quarterback's coach? All those little intangibles that you don't get off of film, you don't really get off a Zoom call or a phone call, things that can only be done in person. So um, I think it's important and for Nathan to get out there and actually throw footballs and, and uh, 
get on the field, I think, is big, too. A very good point by Nelson, our VP of Sim Events. He said it's like buying a house. Video and pictures only tell you so much. That's a really good analogy yeah. right there. Um, Let me show you highlights, too, right? Oh, you can't, yeah. I mean, you guys send out their highlight film. No. It's, it's like anything. It's like the radio business. Sure, you send out a five-minute highlight demo. What about the other 55 minutes in the hour? That's not a true representation of what you are. Now, going back to just my dad, who you don't survive in the National Hockey League for 26 years unless you're really good at what you do, thorough and you have results. But dad, he wanted to see the size of the guy. He wanted to see the hair on his knuckles. He wanted to meet the parents and see how big they were. He wanted to talk to the, the players' teachers and the bus driver and the trainers. Do you know what I Like, that's how you... Yeah find out what you're getting so to just go off film the more i think about it it just is so stupid the comment from the i'm sorry from the fan to say why can't they just go off the film that's the other thing anybody can scout if you just go off film anybody can see who the best player is <laughs> that's the other part yeah. of it what do you need yeah. scouts for just send the high just let's just sign all the best players uh, Steve Menard, who I, is a new viewer, but I like the way, I like the cut of his jib. Um, I'm sorry, he's got a million questions here. He says the Titans need a quarterback, but you didn't even think your Titans would sign him. Do you think it was, he hasn't even worked, no. has he worked out for Tennessee? He didn't make the list, did he? Well, I don't know if he has or not. I haven't checked to see if Tennessee was on there. But again, I think, you know, places that need a starting quarterback aren't necessarily thinking of Nathan Rourke as their starting quarterback. You know, he's somebody who can come in. It's going to be a bit of a project with him. It's not a plug and play situation. You know, I look at Nathan and I think of Jordan Love. You know, he's in Green Bay, highly touted prospect, and, he, and they're there buying his time for when Aaron Rodgers decides to leave. It might be as early as next season. I think of Joshua Dobbs with the Titans, six-year pro, started his first two games these last two weeks with Tennessee. But a guy who was in the systems, learned, was behind good quarterbacks, learned all about the NFL, and then when his time came, he was ready. Like, he actually looked pretty good these last two weeks for Tennessee, and now teams are starting to think he could be a great backup. He could potentially be somebody who could play in an emergency situation. I think that's a great situation for Nathan. Don't rush this. Just get into the NFL and absorb and be ready three years down the road when your number gets called. Like I said, Nathan Rourke is the perfect topic because it's interesting to viewers in both countries, in both leagues, right? And, yeah. and it, it brings about the polarizing opposites of opinions. From Hughes Sports Podcast, writes in and says, Nathan Rourke going to the NFL is an amazing thing. A Canadian coming in to back up or potentially fighting for a starting job would be top-notch for the CFL. That's what I am saying. Now, Jeff, the Stamps fan here, says, Rod, you have a great show, which I love and I respect you. But let's face it, you aren't a real CFL fan anymore, only to the point you can get ratings. As such, you offer only a biased opinion on Rourke. See, he couldn't be more wrong. I watch every game. We've got the commissioner coming on today, plus the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes. No media outlet in Canada talks more about the CFL than us. And here's a daily viewer sitting here saying I'm not a fan anymore. 
he he has made his mind up that I can't change. And he will not look at the fact that a player coming in and going to the National Football League is nothing but great for the Canadian Football League. It's a selfish way to look at it to say it's bad to lose your stars. And, that, and that's from a business standpoint, Darren. Would you not say, we'll just go find the next stars? And good luck, Nathan. Yeah. I think that's but, the way you should look at it. Yeah, I think so. And you think about other situations that haven't worked out. Johnny Manziel, right? He did not use the CFL as a way to get back to the NFL. Didn't work. The more Johnny Manziel we to, have, though. he, wa he wanted sure. to. But, but the but the more guys that come to the CFL to go to the NFL and it doesn't work out, it tells people maybe that's not the way back, right? So more good stories like Nathan Rourke, where you can go to the NFL, sign, and have success. That's going to tell quarterbacks coming out of college, the ones that um, end up on practice rosters or get cut or don't quite make it, and they're, they're good, that'll tell them, I could go to the Canadian Football League, have success, and go to the NFL. So I think the more Nathan works, we have the better. Nelson Hackowich, our VP of Sim Events. It's not just, right sentences. It's not just great for the CFL. It's great for Canadian football. Nathan Rourke making the NFL triggers a generation of kids wanting to grow up and succeed at the quarterback position. Allie in Texarkana, Texas says it sounds like a win-win to me and I'm not a huge football fan. <laughs> what? Right? Um, anyways, Moose, I'm going to let you run and come back an hour or two. Gosh knows what will be up by then, huh? <laughs> I know. We'll see you then. Okay, a sports update before we bring in the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi. The Western Hockey League announced that Moose Jaw Warriors forward Atlee Calvert has been named WHL Player of the Week. He led all WHL skaters with eight points, helping his hometown Warriors earn five of a possible six points. Meanwhile, PA Raiders goalie Max Hildebrand has been named WHL Goalie of the Week. He was 2-0 with a 1.58 GAA and a sparkling 943 save percentage. The Toronto Raptors play the first of two home games against the Charlotte Hornets tonight with a second game coming on Thursday. And uh, back to uh, CHL, Shane Wright a gold medal winner with Canada at the World Junior Hockey Championship has been traded from the Kingston Frontenacs to the Windsor Spitfires for two players and seven draft picks. The team Canada captain was selected fourth overall by the Seattle Kraken in last year's NHL draft. This sports update brought to you by Landmark Cinemas. Here's what's in theaters now. Strange World, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, who lends his voice to Searcher Clade the son of a steadfast explorer. The original action-adventure journeys deep into an uncharted and treacherous land where fantastical creatures await the legendary clades, a family of explorers whose differences threaten to topple their latest and by far most crucial mission. Strange world in landmark cinemas now. We will be going live to Kananaskis and CFL winter meetings with the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi, next. It's the RP Show, and we are live on Game Plus television across all 10 provinces and 31 U.S. states. We're also streaming on YouTube and on the radio, 99.1 WQEE. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now.
you gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rob. Yeah. Welcome, everybody. It is the RP Show, and uh, we have the commissioner. We'll have him again. We got messages coming in from all across Western Canada where our strongest viewership is, and we got him now from the CFL winter meetings. We'll get to the viewer comments and questions in a moment. The 14th commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Mr. Randy Ambrosi, joining us from Kananaskas. Happy New Year, Randy. Good to see you. How are things uh, out in God's country? Yeah, Rod. Well, happy New Year to you and all of your all of your viewers and listeners. Great to be with you. Uh, yeah, so far it's been great. Got uh, we got in yesterday. Uh, last night was informal. We watched a little bit of that. Uh, uh, rather disappointing uh, college football finale. Uh, wasn't much of a game, and now we're kind of getting ready for the meetings to start, uh, which will start uh, later this afternoon. I know that I've got you for not a long time, but a good time. I'll hit the main topics here. Number one, what are you guys and gals discussing out there in Kananaskis this week at CFL Winter Meetings? Well, you know, Rod, one of the things that I'm most proud of uh, over the last couple of years is our ability to, you know, collaborate uh, with our teams and really, you know, bring the bring the energy of all of the all nine teams and the CFL uh, uh, office together. Uh, so really, the, the main theme of the meetings is really to share updates with our with our presidents, coaches and GMs to make sure that we're all on the same page. Uh, an opportunity to really talk to each other and learn from one another. That's kind of the central theme. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about our marketing strategy, make sure that our coaches and GMs are plugged into that and, uh, and aware of, of the plans there going forward. Of course, we're going to talk about the game itself. And uh, to some degree, Rod, we're going to celebrate uh, the success we had in 22. What an amazing season, culminating in one of the great, great cup finishes of all time. And then we'll go, uh, you know, talk about uh, 23 and beyond. So I, I just expect it's going to be a meeting that's all, that's going to be big on collaboration and really a chance to talk with one another uh, as we get ready for the 23 season. You know, this it doesn't have anything I would assume to do with rules or tweak. Well, God knows you did enough last year with nine tweaks, right? Like the game on the field seems to be in great shape. Yeah, you know, Rod, it really is. Look, there's so much to be proud of when we think about uh, 2022. You know, scoring was up 17%. Two and outs were way down. The game just flowed better, and it was fun to watch. I know you. I know you're a big, big fan of ours and big fan of our game. I, I think we've got the most exciting brand of football in the world. I really do. And uh, we want to build on that. We want to make sure we give our athletes a chance to shine. I think we did that in 22. I don't expect that 23 is going to be um, is going to see that kind of change. We want to consolidate largely around the changes we made and take advantages uh, take advantage of these great athletes to play in the Canadian Football League. But here's one. Speaking of athletes, when you saw Demar Hamlin go down and then the ensuing fallout after and thank god he walked out of the hospital as you know yesterday at what point did you say what would we do if that happened in our league did you you must have thought about that last week oh i, I sure did rod and look first of all like everyone else uh, all of you and your listeners and included you know we all just were praying for that young man that wanting him to recover 
and uh, and get back on his feet. And you know, yesterday was a great day for all of us because we saw him, you know, uh, land in Buffalo, and and now he's going to get uh, you know continued care. That was great. But boy, it sure makes you think. You know, we're um, so my one of my first calls was to Greg Dick, our head of football operations, and we just started talking about our process and our procedures. And, uh, you know, we're, we're very pleased with where we are. But, Rod, there's always room to improve. And you, you can learn from these situations. And that's one of the things that Greg and I talked a lot about. You know, what can we take from what we observed? And how can we use that to make our processes even better? And that's what we'll do in the days and weeks to come. And we'll talk to the, the Players Association about that. We've got medical meetings coming up in two weeks. But uh, you certainly, uh, the DeMar Hamlin situation will leave an indelible imprint on all of us and just remind us that uh, life is fragile and that we need to be prepared to uh, look after our athletes in the event that uh, whenever they need our care and attention. Well, one thing that I love about your resume is the business side and all that. You're a good person, but you played in the league, so you understand that. And you've got, with a little gray around your temple, some history. Like... Has the game evolved and changed from the Tom Pate situation to this? Like, do you think the game back then should have been stopped? Is that how we've evolved as a society? Or is there even a, is there even a parallel between the two situations? Yeah, I don't know that there's a parallel, Rod, but I, I think we can all be proud of the, the improvements that we've made. I, I think that we're just a better, I just think we're a better prepared than we ever have been. I think the game has also improved. You know, one of the things that I think we can all acknowledge is that uh, is that this game and the way it's played. You know, the 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 training of our athletes is so much better. Uh, their technique is so much better. Uh, I think the game is just so much safer. The equipment is better. It, everything about the game is better. I, I would like to think, Rod, and, and I believe that we're more thoughtful in our approaches. Are we perfect? No. Do we still have things to learn and, th and to improve on? Sure, we do. But I, I just think just generally, we're just in a much better situation than we ever have been in our history, and we will get better going forward. Well, when you guys first started talking about player safety, and I believe Wally was involved at the time, I, I didn't understand how you were going to go about it. But you look at this past year, and I was telling the viewers earlier, I watch every game, just like you. When Trevor Harris got pulled from the game with the spotters on that last drive in Montreal, nobody complained, right? And they went on to lose the game. But that I, I thought, in the NFL, that doesn't happen. I saw Tua go back in. I was there. That's got to be something that you would have as a feather in your cap that you've accomplished in player safety. And maybe behind the scenes, the Alouettes were really mad. I have no idea. But the players come first in the CFL more than any other league, which is kind of what you guys promised when you went down that road. Well, you know, we're uh, we're not perfect, Rod, and there's always areas that we can improve on, and there's more collaboration to be had. There's, we have to continue to build on and work on this relationship with the Players Association. You know, one of the great opportunities that this seven-year CBA has created is it has formed the foundation for a real partnership. And, uh, you know, obviously we're very excited about the uh, revenue growth opportunity and to collaborate with the players on that. But, you know, it goes much, much deeper than that. And it just speaks to an opportunity to learn from experiences and uh, make sure that we're putting our best foot forward. And again, I, I would be careful to suggest to anybody that, uh, that we've figured everything out because there's always something new to learn. Every day brings uh, a new lesson and, uh, and you just try to embrace it. And, uh, and make the situation better for, you know, for those who come next.
Yeah, but I also know you guys want to be leaders in player safety and obviously technology, right? Like video replay was a forerunner uh, in the CFL first to the degree that it's being used now at every level of football. And lastly, a fun one. It's created a debate here. When Nathan Rourke eventually signs in the NFL, is it a good thing or a bad thing for the Canadian Football League? I'm on record as saying it's good. We want the best for people. There's a lot of people that don't agree. How is the commissioner of the CFL, would you answer that? Well, look, uh, I think, Rod, there's a few layers to that uh, question and to my answer. First, I'd say, look, we have been celebrating the fact that this league has seen uh, great players play in our league and go on to great careers in the NFL. I don't think we should have any less uh, appetite to see young Nathan Rourke just succeed to the greatest extent of his abilities. And uh, and I'll be cheering for him in, at every step. Do, would I love to see Nathan Rourke in a BC Lions uniform this year? You bet I would. But I'm going to be rooting for that young man and for his future. That's to be sure. And then, Rod, the second layer is I don't think we should be surprised that Canadian athletes are are, are looking and being considered for opportunities uh, in, in, uh, in the NFL. Uh, 25 players played in the NFL. 25 Canadian players played in the NFL this year. The quality of the Canadian talent in our league has never been better. The quality of our athletes has never been better, not just in football. You know, in, in the world of hockey, we just won a gold medal in the world juniors, amazing athletes. Uh, we saw our soccer uh, team perform at, at the highest level in, in the world. And, uh, and while they didn't get exactly what they wanted this year, they, they continue to improve and grow. Uh, Canadian athletes are world-class and we shouldn't be surprised when Canadian athletes perform at the highest levels in the world. Bingo. Uh, Randy, thanks for coming on. I know you're a busy guy. Really appreciate it. All the best. We'll uh, see you soon. And Happy New Year, Rod, to you and all your listeners. And best wishes for a great 2023. You bet. Thank you, Randy. The 14th Commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi, live from CFL Winter Meetings in Kananaskis. By the way, next hour, the head coach of the Montreal Alouettes, Jason Maas, will be joining us from that exact same spot. We'll be right back with a viewer takeover right after this. We are live on Game Plus TV, live streaming on YouTube, and of course on the radio, 99.1 WQEE. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Always interesting, our chats with the Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, and I've just I've opened up the text line, 902-518-33. The topics are all over the gamut, like us. I want to say hey to Richie, watching in Lethbridge. Hey, Rich, good to see you. Um, where do I go from here? I love the fact that Commissioner Randy Ambrosi pointed out, how many times did he say big? Rod, you're a big, big, big fan of ours. He's right. I've always liked Randy. He's a good guy. He's got a tough job. There are um, NHL questions and comments here regarding the orders losing last night, 6-3 in L.A. And uh, Stuart Skinner being pulled. I say that because every time he played in uh, Regina with Swift Current, the, the fans would chant Skinner. 
Was there something Bingo. behind that? Like a, yeah, Clark, was there like a Simpsons reference or something? I was never a Simpsons fan. It was? Okay. Okay, I'm not a Simpsons fan, so. Skinner. So Kirk, Oilers fan, writes in and he says, being a lifelong Oilers fan, I have seen the good and the bad through the years. I have real concerns that the orders are not deep enough. This was not addressed in free agency. The players should shoulder the blame for their play and current record, not the coaching staff. But you cannot ignore that the GM, Ken Holland, is doing absolutely nothing to address this gap. It is his responsibility to ice a team that can win and go further than last season. I appreciate the comment because we talk probably more Flames, Flames and Jets, the two teams we talk about the most here. Not as much orders as I'd like, even though Edmonton's very high in our viewership. Um, there, it's a similar story to the Flames in that you both got playoff spots. The Oilers now eighth in the West, second wild card. We're at the halfway mark. Still plenty of time to the trade deadline. And remember last year, I think has Ken Holland not at least earned enough with you people? with the signing of Evander Kane last year, firing Dave Tippett, which he didn't want to do. Making the moves, they made a lot of moves last year. And I, I know I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy to sit here and say chill and just relax because I get it. They were bad last night, but it was just a bad night. You still have Connor and Leon and maybe you don't have the depth that you're used to even as much as last year, but you got more than those teams that are chasing them. I think at the halfway mark now, would you hockey people in Alberta watching right now agree that the rest of the way, if the Oilers could at least beat the teams below them and go 500 with against the teams ahead of them, they're going to be fine. You look at the Flames, they're losing to the teams below them. I would be far more worried as a Flames fan than an Oilers fan right now. I swear. You got a goalie that you don't know where his head is in Calgary. Same might be said for Edmonton, but everybody wants the perfect team, and there aren't too many that exist. By the way, the Seattle Kraken, I was reading this this morning, are plus 26 in points from last year at this time. The only team betters Boston at like plus 30. Unbelievable. Regarding Nathan Rourke, and is it good or bad for the CFL? The, the very popular poll question today, if he signs in the NFL. Last minute of play in hour one. Metal shingle guy in Regina writes in, there you go. I see it's like 56% now saying that it's good for the CFL if he signs in the NFL. Metal shingle guy says it's good. It's a good thing if he signs. Good for him. Good for VA. Good for the CFL. I agree with all of that. But we'll carry this over into hour two. I saw a guy on Twitter here saying, it's good for the writers. Yeah, exactly. I said I can smell a hot topic like a fart in a car. Jim watching in Belgoni Sask. Glad you asked. He writes in and says, good day, RP Nation. Like a fart in the car. That's why Roddy drives a Jeep. Enjoy the day, all. We'll be back after this brief pause on Game Plus and WQEE. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.